My name is Dave. And my name's Craig. And today, we are talking about Fable 2. I could just spout anything Peter Molyneux said would happen in this game that doesn't, but I'm above <laughs> that. have you kick us off by reading the stats after I do the opening spiel. <laughs> so everybody, welcome to No More Sages, a show where we pick a game for every year and kind of explore how gaming has evolved. Would probably work better if we stayed within one genre, but boy would you get tired of hearing about FPSs. So instead, mm. it's all genres. Anyway, Craig, kick us off with the stats for Fable 2. Yeah, sure. So Fable 2 was developed by Lionhead Studios, published by Microsoft Game Studios, designed by Peter Molyneux, uh, released everywhere in October 2008 on the Xbox 360. And it's an action role-playing game. Interestingly, that was one of the things I struggled with in 2008. And just we don't normally do composers, but I've only just opened the Wikipedia page right now, and it's Danny Elfman... That does the music. Yes. Yes. Oh. I, I, would... I, I, I went to see um, Doctor Strange yesterday, as you know, and it's Danny Elfman that does the music for Doctor Strange. Man, you know, Multiverse of Madness. Are you a fan of Oingo Boingo? I don't even know what that means. Like, I don't know that, what you just said. <laughs> that was his band. Was Oingo Boingo? Oh. No, never heard of it. Oh yeah, he started doing that, and then he moved on to like doing movie scores, and then he went back to that, and then he did stage. The like, dude's been all over the place. He's a renaissance man. Okay. Um, I I'm gonna say right now, I think the music of Fable Two is fairly innocuous. I I can't say mm -hmm. it was enough to make me go, "Ooh, who did this?" kind of thing. Um, this is a flagship. This might be like our first flagship series we've touched. Mm -hmm. on this show. Um, so why don't you talk about your history with the Fable series? Oh, yeah. So, like, I literally just said I had issues with it being action role-playing because I didn't quite understand that at the time. I don't know what it was about Fable in particular, but I did not believe anything about what I thought it was going to be. So I pretty much wrote off the entire series. Like, I had... Oh, wow. Until I played it for this, I had only ever dabbled in like the first half hour of the first game and maybe the same again of Fable 3. And I just didn't get it because I just didn't know, I didn't know what to expect. And it's, it's not like it's unclear when you start playing it. It's very clear exactly what you're going to be playing. I, I just bounced off it pretty hard and never touched it again, ever. I, I, that's kind of surprising. I mean, mm -hmm. that kind of sucks that you only played the first opening half hour because the first opening half hour of like every Fable game is almost like an adventure game. It's yeah, not yeah. like you're going and exploring and, and engaging in combat and discovery uh -huh. and all that. So yeah, okay, all right. Um, um, I, I, one of the games I wanted to like get for my original Xbox was like, okay, I'm gonna buy an Xbox because I want Fable. I want 
Crusaders Kingdom Under Fire. Oh and I God. want Jade Empire. Like, like those were my, okay, these are the reasons I'm buying an Xbox when it was new. Um, Fable disappointed me, but not mm-hmm. enough to be like, okay, time to write off the series. So, you know, I did play Fable 2, and then I played Fable 3, and then I was like, I don't like you enough to play the Connect, So I left Fable the journey out. But okay. uh, I have a weird relationship with the Fable games. I think, we're not talking about it today, but Fable 3... I think was highly underrated when it came okay. out. So, since you're the newbie, mm-hmm. why don't you um, explain what you do for the first half hour of this? Oh, actually, oh my god! Okay, so like the first half hour of this is um, like you land up in a kingdom um, place. God knows where that is. And you are essentially children. Albion, I think. Albion, yes. Um, your children, you're like your stereotypically street urchin-y type, smart big sister, younger brother, and you're running about the place, you know, like interacting with street vendors that are trying to sell you weird things that I think actually becomes important later on. It does, yep. The thing that you buy. I can, yeah. and I can't rem- is it a mirror? Or is it I can't remember what it is. Anyway. <laughs> Um, I like I literally can't remember. It, this is all leading like my vagueness right now is leading to my final thoughts for this game already, which I'll tell you now is <laughs> like I'm trying to be vague and non. I'm not trying to overanalyze it because this literally is the, I'm going to play through this entire game and then I'm going to play Fable Three because I my entire opinion of what I was expecting and what I thought I was going to enjoy with it was turned on its head and I absolutely loved the first opening hour of this game. Really? That's yes, great! Seriously! Like, seriously, I by the time I finished it, I finished it... Okay, right, anyway, I'll, I'll rewind. I'll rewind slightly. So, your children, you are running about the place, performing tasks and doing general RPG type stuff and... It's all very nice. You get introduced to combat because someone picks on your big sister. Your big sister. I was a boy, so you can pick a boy or a girl, and I don't know whether that means if you're the big sister or the younger brother. It's always a big sister, uh, but the younger sibling is genders changed. Right, okay, that makes sense. So, in fact, that actually makes sense for cutscene reasons and everything as well. Yeah. So... Uh, your big sister gets attacked and you step up to try and fight and all of a sudden you realise, okay, this is a combat tutorial, so I need to just start mashing buttons, as I do with most combat, because if mashing buttons gets you through it, it gets you through it. And uh, at the end of your first half an hour, you've kind of got the lay of how to talk to people, how uh, interest, like one of the things that, I didn't appreciate at all about the original game is how you there's a morality system and how you engage with things. My favorite bit of the first half an hour, I'll just say, is you're tasked with getting rid of a rat infestation in a mm-hmm. brewery full of is, barrels. Is that a brewery warehouse, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. And the the guy that the the taskmaster, the guy that gives your quest lord who gives you the task says, please go in and kill the rats you go in there and then all of a sudden you've got a sinister man at the window and he's like this guy 
owes me money or he's dodgy or whatever. Don't kill the rats, break the barrels. And all of a sudden you're left with this choice because if you break the barrels, he's willing to give you 10, I'm going to say gold, and I know it's not gold, but whatever the currency might be, he's, he's going to give you something or do something. And at the end of it, like I obviously decided to kill the rats because this guy looks dodgy. And you kill all the rats and it's and you're like, oh, I've done something good. And as you're walking back out, he says, those rats cost me a fortune. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> he clearly, he clearly infested the place to get back at this guy. But it gave you a very clear visual on you did something good. This has had an effect on your experience with the game. I do not know if you get to the end of the game and Mass Effect frees you and you've, you've realised that it's all for nothing. But to me, it felt really impactful because it was very well told and very engaging in how that morality system works. And okay, that's okay. the single thing that makes me want to play the entire game. And I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. <laughs> okay. So, um, boy, you, you got a lot we, we can, we can hunker know, down sorry. into. Oh, anyway, sure. just to finish off that tale, you end up going to a place. It turns out that you've got some sort of imbued magic power. Some bad dude kills your big sister, throws you out of a window, and you survive. And then you fast forward 20, 10, 9 years, and you're in a mid-20s gent or lady, and that's where the journey begins. That's where it feels like you're off the plateau and it's opened up and you're already a well-known and respected person in this future. And that's where I stopped. I stopped there because I thought I am 100%. I was playing it upstairs in Reese's Wee Telly and I'm like, I'm taking the Xbox downstairs. <laughs> that First of all, that's wonderful. Like I love when when, when this happens because of this show. And it's <laughs> like, like, like me with Stalker. It's like, well... Well, I'm going to be playing this. Uh, okay, so first off, the moment-to-moment gameplay is very um, what you would think of when you think of third-person action-adventure game. It has, I would say, Zelda-ish combat with the lock-on, but uh, one button is for your melee, one button is for your range, and another button is for magic. And the way the leveling system works is very interesting. Uh, it's been done, I think, since... But it's if you kill something with a melee attack, then you get these little red orbs to just bleep, pop out, and that gives you melee experience. If you kill it with range, you get ranged and magic with magic. So it's very, it's almost an oblivion style. You get better yeah. at what you use, but I think it works a little better because this has that um, smart idea of also having generic XP that every enemy gives. Mm -hmm, so. Mm -hmm. Even if you're playing all melee, you can still, well, I'll spend this generic XP on getting it in a nice range skill or something. Um, so I think the leveling system works really well in this. Yeah. The morality system, um, uh -huh. hopefully this doesn't disappoint you, uh -huh. but it turns out that it doesn't matter if you killed the Rachni Queen or not, really. If, if you did, she was going to turn up at the, uh, the place where Martin Sheen is at the end anyway. But uh, the morality system is very kotor uh, very early Bioware, right? Like, there is no real benefit to waving one way or the other. It's very much a pick your destiny and stay on that course if you want the best of whatever that option brings. Okay. I think I think maybe, like, to me, I've just you've just said something and I immediately thought, oh, no, you're going to say something 
that makes me not want to play it. But you haven't. What you've done is made me figure out that the best bit of a morality system might not be that you get 50 endings and things change. But no, it, yeah. beco- it becomes interesting if later in the game you, coded as a good person, have to make a difficult decision based on... And it's not driven by your previous choices, but you've you've played this character as a good person and all of a sudden there's no good option. Or, like, that's the kind of thing I'm, I'm interested there in. There is some choices like that. Now, since we all play video games here, this really all... De- how the morality system will hit you really all depends on how much you want to game the system. Like, in the back of your brain, you'll know, kind of like, well, I've been going Paragon all this time. I might as well stay Paragon, even if I don't agree with this choice, because I get bonuses. If And and that's the nice thing about Fable's difficulty, is it's not a very hard game. It, it's, it's kind of just a have-fun game. So there's no real reason to be like, well, I started Paragon, I have to stay Paragon to get the plus 2% damage bonus that comes with it. Um, I think Fable is a lot better when you do play in that gray area because you're just making choices. Um, the the thing I like is, unlike Mass Effect, where they're going for like... A re- I'm sorry I keep picking on Mass Effect, or KOTOR even. Where I did pay- Mass Effect as well, like literally, I, th- I don't know why. It's got to be the standing example of a morality system, right? Like it yeah, just has yeah. to be. Um, they They're going for a realistic look, of course. So it mm-hmm. looks a little ridiculous where in Mass Effect 2, if you're bad, your scars start to glow. You're just like, well, that looks stupid. In this, uh-huh. it's very, it's very, well, it's very, very fable It's very fairy tale So if you continue being bad, you grow horns and, and you start to get scaly skin. And if you're good, you get a halo and a beard and stuff. Like, like okay, that's cool. That works here. Everything is very story. But oh my gosh, great. I do have stuff I want to talk to you about, though. So uh-huh. number okay. one. Okay. Uh-huh. What was it about Fable 1 that you bounced off of so hard that made you write off the whole series? Like, like in detail, uh-huh. out of curiosity. It, th- there isn't much detail to it, so it was the... I oh, God, this makes me sound like a complete knob end. But I booted it up and went, oh, this is very cartoony, fairy tale not what I expected at all. And there's cheery people about it. I think I hit it at the wrong time in life in the wrong mood and it was really unfortunate that I'm also stubborn and a bit of a dickhead so it like one bad experience like I will never go to Starbucks because they overcharged me once and the kids <laughs> like every time I'm like in fact sorry to bring this up again but we went to see Doctor Strange yesterday and we went to Yo Sushi for lunch and we as we were walking out of the, the, supermar- the supermarket the mall the shopping centre where we were we walked past the Starbucks and Emily just turned around to me and like looked evil and went, let's burn it down. Because they overcharged me. <laughs> you know, like, the kids A proper revolutionary there. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, let's burn it to the ground. And there's a wee subway stall and she's like, why are there two subways? Let's get rid of it. And I'm like, this is all because I was overcharged. This is... <laughs> so Fable just... it. I've done a dirty on Fable and not been fair... And it's cost me probably the experience of playing it in a more timely way. Well, like, that's the interesting thing about Fable as a franchise. Um, It's all Peter Molyneux's fault, to be fair. The man talks so much shite 
that it ruins what is a very, very competent and well-made series. And, like, Fable 3 does some incredibly interesting things, but nobody cared because the man wouldn't shut up and stop lying about things. Um, like, Fable, to me, is is the paramount example of a franchise done dirty by its uh, first-party IP owner. Like, Microsoft has no other RPG franchises. And this is a very unique franchise. And they just, they never put enough oomph into it to make it a real stellar experience. It's always kind of, well, it's Fable. Have you seen Halo? Have you seen Halo? We have Halo. It's like, no, guys, push push Fable a little bit. It's unique. Um, Okay, so getting outside of that, the... One thing that must be stated up front is this game has the most British sense of humour I've ever run into. I think as well, the other thing, just not to go all Peter Mall on you, one of my favourite games, way back when, I know you know what I'm going to say, was black and white. And a lot of it was yeah, to do you weirdo. with... I know, a lot of it was to do... Like, a lot of it was bollocks, but a lot of it was the way you... There is a thread here. The way you dealt with your pet guy and you, you're not mm-hmm. going to slap about that guy because you don't want him to turn bad. You don't want him to start eating villagers. You're going to take care of him. And I think that tiny bit, and I don't want to give anyone too much credit, especially Peter Molyneux, but the way your dog in this acts, like I took kind of like, I, I took it to heart. I was like, right, you're reminding me of my black and white pet. I am going to make sure I'm good for you and good to the people around me so that nothing bad happened. Like, it felt like that was a quite a direct pull or similarity that I oh, just... Oh, yeah, the way you interact with uh, townsfolk feels mm-hmm. very black and whitey. It's like, do yeah. I fart? Do I smile? <laughs> what do I do yeah. with this guy? Um, just give repeated thumbs up until he likes me? Um, I I personally don't think... like Like... There's the other weird thing, right? Like, if, if I'm looking at this objectively for my eyeballs, and this mm-hmm. is not to denigrate it at all, if your eyeballs like this, they didn't focus on the right stuff sometimes. Like, yeah, that, that interaction thing with villagers is fun and cool for the first five hours, but nobody cares after that. Like, why'd you put so much work into it? Nobody really cares. I mean, you can get married and stuff, but in the end, all you're still doing is either farting or giving your wife the thumbs up. Like, like that's it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it feels like a weird immersive move for a game that's not super immersive. Um, combat is dead simple. But I like the dead simpleness of the combat. You're not have it's not it's not trying to be Devil May Cry. It, it's barely trying to be Zelda. It's more like combat is the means to the end here. Let's treat it as such and just make sure it's fun to do. Yeah, it it struck me very much like that. Like sometimes we play a game and you're like, oh god, they've put a mechanic in to gamify because they thought they needed to put a certain mechanic like combat. Let's just say, oh, that game thought they needed to put combat in, so they've done it. This doesn't feel like that. It feels like a simple, nice, uh, like way to get 
like like a, a mechanism to get from A to B, and I like it. Oh yeah, I I, I do I like too, it. and it's it's just pleasant. You nobody's ever gonna say. Boy, that Fable combat system is one of the best I've seen in a Western RPG. But nobody's going to say it's terrible either. It's just kind of have some fun, roll around, shoot some things, stab a thing, have fun. Um, I don't want to... Well, if you're going to play it, I don't really want to go into, like, story stuff. No, I no, no, do no, want like, Do it, do it. Like, I'm not going to take offense and I'm not going to worry about it. I will play it. So if there's anything okay. stand out, go for it. It's not so much standout, but more of like explaining how it deals with it. So it, it very much has the set piece choices. It's not like a Witcher kind of thing where you're making small choices along the way that build up to mm-hmm. an important choice. It's very much a, and this is the set piece choice to make. Which way do you go? Um, I would say if you're going to play through it, play through it once. Because it's kind of, it, it is kind of like Mass Effect where once you see behind the curtain... Okay. Depending yeah. on the kind of person you are, it's like, well, this wasn't worth the second playthrough, kind of thing. So, you know, do what you want to do for one playthrough and kind of like the opening, right? Like we talked about it a little bit. The opening here is very fun. It is cool. The first time you do it. After that, it drags on eternally. It's like, oh, okay, Stephen Fry. Okay, lady from Harry Potter. Can we just get this moving, please? Um so, yeah, like, for me playing through it again, I didn't have my old save game. and Because I think I played it on 360. And it was just like, okay, yeah, I'll right, take my picture. All right, I got to do that. The... So, the first time you play through it, it's wonderful. It's great. It, it's charming. It's fun. Eh, make sure you only play it once. Unless you're a super hardcore fan. But, yeah, you know what? I, I guess I have a soft spot for it. Like, this is the little RPG series that could... And I, I kind of still enjoy it as such. I, oh, oh I, I don't, I don't know why, but because of my previous experience, I thought this was going to go completely opposite. I thought you were going to like combat's too simple. The choices don't matter. <laughs> you know, um, like I thought you were going to go. If pure. you were really strict, then yes, uh-huh. yeah. Like if you're looking at this from just a game, but the charm it has works on me. The world it has, it, it is. It's the fairy tale version of like the ecstatica world where you're just like, this is so odd and interesting for me that it works. Um, the way it handles death, I think, is really interesting too. Did you by chance die at all? Actually, no. <laughs> well, I, I can't. I mean, I mean, you know, beginning hour. It, yeah, yeah. It handles it very much almost in a Prince of Persia way where it's like, oh, no, 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 that's not how it went. But. The only real punishment oh, okay. is your character gets scars on their face. Every time you oh. die, your character gets a scar. And so if you want to walk around as this pristine hero, it's like, well, I can't die. I, I don't want to look like, you know, Scarry McScarrington. So even something as, as gameplay fundamental as death is done more on the, well, how do you want your character to look kind of thing? Because if it's important yep. for you that you don't have any scars, then you're going to be super careful with combat. Whereas otherwise, you're like, ah, whatever. Doesn't matter. Um, I really like the way it handles death. I think that's an interesting way that not many games took. Yeah. From it? Um, All right. Yeah. Oh, I've got one more one more bonus thing that makes me sure. want to play more. 
But if I can bring it up, if that's okay. Were you Absolutely. were you segueing into anything else? Um, not not anything important. So go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, like one of the other things I think this game does beautifully that you don't see that often unless you're playing, you know, like a racing game, is you have got a really nice sparkly golden trail oh, yeah. to the next objective. But what it does, it doesn't mean, oh, that means I know exactly where to go. To me, that means I know I can turn left here because I know I can explore all of there and not miss anything out. Like, it's a really nice way to say, if you want to get to the objective, go this way. If you want to explore, then this is the last way you want to go. Go up and explore there and then go over and explore there. Yeah, it's it like dead magic. space. Yeah, it is magical to me. Like, I love that so much i and and i mean i'm not i i guess we are from that generation it's like oh you're not supposed to have a line that shows you where to go you're supposed to look at the map and figure it out for yourself nah who's got time for that kind of shit um i i I like that because that means each session you play you will be achieving things instead of well i explored the northwestern part of this map whatever um I'm very much, like, when I play games like this, I am very much quest log-centric, right? Of, like, I want to do this quest, and then this quest, and then this quest. And the smart thing they did is the world is built around that idea. As in, it's not a giant open place for you to explore where there's lots of barren areas. Everything is kind of dense and kind of packed. And there's riddle doors. And riddle doors are cool! I don't care what anybody says. The only problem is if they ask, you know, what crawls on four legs in the morning. Like, like as long as it doesn't do that, riddle doors are cool. What what does crawl on four legs in the morning? You've never heard that riddle? A chair. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Craig, you would give the Sphinx a run for its money. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I want to talk about Fable Three because. <gasps> I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But but Fable 3 does one of the coolest things I've seen in an RPG that I've never seen done again. Okay. It's going to take a little bit of story time, which means you can cut it. Craig, this is more for you than it is for the show. <laughs> okay. So Fable 3, you start out as the brother or sister of the king. And the king is a bastard. You know, he's taxes raising, industrial revolutions going on. He's chopping people down. And so you're like, well, fuck... Me and Ben Kingsley, it's time to overthrow the king. And Ben Kingsley's like, I gotcha, buddy. Um, That's what Ben Kingsley sounds like. Mm -hmm, Of course, yeah. And so you overthrow the king, and then your brother is like, fine, you want it? Take it. I'm out. And he leaves. So then through the course of the game, you're meeting all these other countries, and you're trying to form alliances with them, right? John Cleese is in this one, too, actually. So uh, props on them. And every time you meet a new country, you're like, well, we will become allies with you if you promise us this. And sometimes it's like you promise that you will trade us your iron or you promise that you will make a a quarter of of your city or a district in your city for our people. You know, like a little Italy town or a Polish town, you know, things like that. Halfway through the game... You get the, on this quest, you get this, there is a world-ending threat coming. And you have to run your kingdom in a way that will soften the blow coming, right? Which means all of a sudden, all these promises you've made to all of your Mm -hmm. allies come back to you. And it's like, do you make the promise? 
but for every dollar you don't have, somebody dies. And so you have to do this whole thing of like, do I keep the promises I made to become king? Uh Or do I say, fuck it and start ruling the kingdom like my brother that I deposed because he was trying to get ready for this. It is a really cool idea. Yeah. Of like, like, oh, sometimes you can't keep promises. Yeah. This, like, this is a really weird, and I'm, I, you can tell me to cut it if it sounds stupid, but the only other game that I've played in recent times that made me feel like that was Frostpunk. Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, it gives you some Frostpunk-ass choices. <laughs> some, some of the decisions you make in that game are just fucking horrible. <laughs> like, it is nothing. the only game I've played where I've went, hmm, Child labor, yes or no? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's a lot of choices like that, and you feel bad because you're like, well, fuck, I promised this. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think the Fable franchise has a lot of really cool potential, and now it's dead, which is sad. So if you, if you end up cutting all that out, let's get no, to I'll Final I'll leave it in. I think it was interesting. Okay. Well, I, I don't want to spoil all of Fable 3 for people if they haven't played it, so okay. spoilers for Fable be- 3. Yep. Uh, Fable 2 also has interesting choices, but it's not in the I'm running a country kind of way. It's it's mm-hmm. more on the personal level kind of way. Uh, also, it should be stated, Fable 2's voice cast. Um, also, the most British thing that has ever existed oh, gosh, since yeah. the British Isles. Uh, it is it is very charming as an American, I guess I can say that. Like for you, it's just like, oh no, the guy down the street kind of sounds like that. So whatever. Yeah, yeah. But but for me, it it lends to that air of this is a world I don't know. It's also very uh, UK f- mythology based. Yeah, like ladies in the lake and stuff, where I'm used to a lot of Eastern or other. So yeah, I find Fable Two a very charming game. That has some mechanical deficiencies, such as, like, um, maybe you noticed the acceleration on your character is weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It feels like you're driving a person like you do a forklift sometimes. But I like, it never... I like that analogy. I, like, I actually like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it never impacts the actual game. It's just, oh, this is weird. Because combat is very Z-focused. So, yeah. All right. So, oh. final thoughts, Craig. Well, well, final thoughts. Apart from, I, I scrolled down on Wikipedia and, you know, many I always go to reception just to see if anything interesting. And it is like Eurogamer, 10 out of 10. You know, game, games Radar, 10 out of 10. Game yeah, Informer, yeah, like, like, 9.5 out of 10. Wow. I mean, again, the problem seems to be Microsoft didn't put the oomph into it that it would any other of its yeah. first party titles. Like, like they, I think they put more oomph into Forza than they do into Fable, which as far as I know, all the Fable games had a good reception, except for the journey. I think the Connect one was, you know, the Connect one, yeah. pit- piffle. But yeah, uh, that's why I always have a soft spot for this. It's like, no, these games are great. And then Peter Molyneux just won't shut up. Just stop it. Stop talking about that fucking tree, Pete. Just leave alone. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you know, he did Milo, and mm-hmm. then he did, mm-hmm. like, that cube thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah uh, it's it's I, really weird. Like, it just feels like he, should, he shouldn't be as well-known. No, it, no, he shouldn't be as well-known. It feels like he's in the wrong career. Like, he must have skills, 
and talent for something because he's famous for certain things. I mean, well, I mean, the man did Populous and Black and White and Dungeon Keeper and like a bunch of good games. I think nobody should have let him in front of a microphone because the man seems to be more of an idea man. Yeah. He did theme park. So, like, and that's the thing. Like, um, again, we can cut this if it's boring, but I've never known quite how to take him. I can't say it comes across as malicious. No, definitely. He's more like that friend that just doesn't stop lying about things. Uh huh. And it's not. Like I never took I never took any malicious intent from things like the No Man's Sky debacle when it came out and it's like, oh god. No, that's just... another guy that was like, you sh- never should have been left in front of a microphone, yeah. buddy. I think I think so. And that is where Peter Peter Molyneux sits. He doesn't sit in any any bad way or anything. He just he's obviously hyper creative and excited and that's the kind of people that marketing and PR shouldn't let in front of <laughs> I mean, that is the one thing. Whether or not I view him as a bad man is irrelevant. But what I can say for 100% sure is that man is more excited for that game than you will ever be. Yeah. And that just verbal diarrhea comes out of his mouth of all the things he's hoping to... I don't know. He's an interesting case study. Very different from, like, the usual, which is, you know, like Nintendo. It's like, we will let this man talk once a year, and mm-hmm. he will just say this, and that is uh-huh. it. It's it's good, because it's almost a um, very business, but m- very political way to run things, which is kind of good, because it makes things more impactful. If you say, our press release for such and such is going to come out on such and such a date, and it'll be a one-off, and that's it. It's better than giving Trump Twitter or something, you know, like... <laughs> what? What I, could go wrong, Craig? What could go I, wrong? I hate to have used that example because I know it's old news and a, an easy target. Low-hanging fruit. An orange, a low-hanging orange. <laughs> I was going to say that, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> um, but that's the kind of... That's why where you get these creative, hyper-creative people, that's why there should be marketing and PR teams. So it's not so much... I think Peter Molyneux might have been let down by those other people. Rather well, I than mean, it's like, not all... It's not all It also fault. depends... No, no, no. I, it, and, and definitely, we need to move away from the auteur theory of game development. It's not just Peter Molyneux. There, there's a whole team of people that make Fable too good. It's not just one man sitting at a damn keyboard. Um, not using a mouse because they never use a mouse in movies. It's always just the keyboard. But it also depends on the type of player you are. If Peter Molyneux promises that I will be able to plant an acorn and watch it grow into a tree because he loves trees. If it's not in the game, I don't view it as, well, he just fucking lied to me. I view it as, oh, okay, well, they didn't have a chance to implement it. No biggie. Whereas, yeah, on what we're used to is somebody coming out saying, please understand, look forward to the features in our game. The end. Like, yeah, it, it, I Peter Molyneux is somebody that, whose work I don't necessarily respect a whole bunch, but I would love to have a beer with the guy and just go, dude, what is up with you? Let's, let's, let's close this sucker out. So in, it, all of this has led to 
depending on how you view the man's motives, that de- that that that's how you're going to view him. I don't view maliciousness. I view a giant blowhard, but that's it. Um, you can disagree, and if you disagree, and we like forgot something terribly, did like step on kittens, then you can hit us up at nomoresages.com and yell at us, and Please I will do. read it because it's fun. Yeah, um, I, I okay, love so, being yelled at. Oh, oh do you know what great. it's like? It would be kind of like if you were like in a rock band. You're the drummer in a rock band, and the singer has just went on TV and went. We're going to have a new album out on Tuesday. And you're like, what the fuck? We've got no songs. <laughs> you know, like, it's yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's just enthusiasm missing and the ability to use a microphone. <laughs> All right, Craig. So we have two questions to answer here. Number one, does this hold up in 2022? I would say hell's. To the, yeah, the art style um, very, very much holds up. It's it's got no weirdness to look at. It just looks pretty, pretty and nice. It plays vaguely good, minus some weird camera work. And I would say of the time camera work. Mm-hmm. But the, the rest of it, I think, I think does. I think it's, it's well, well worth playing just now. Just now. If you don't die, oh, God, is, yes. is, is Peter Molyneux there? Is he is he holding you at gunpoint? Blink twice. He's, he's, just, wa- he's just walked into the. Hang on, blink, blink. <laughs> he's just walked into the room. <laughs> um, um, no, it definitely. I I think it does. To me, it does. I agree, almost one hundred percent. I I think it's it's if you're gonna play it and you're new to this. You're going to have to have a little bit of a mindset of, okay, this was a 360 game going into it. Um, I think it's aged a little bit, but not enough to where if I hadn't played it before, I wouldn't want to play it. And I think the best thing that that the Fable franchise does is charm. And this has it in spades. And the stories are okay. They're not like, you know, world changing, but they're okay. Perfectly good Fables for the Fable game. Uh, I think... Like not to spoil too much because I've said it already, but you're in this lovely, charming thing, and you already get that foreshadowing of stepping in to beat up whoever's bullying your sister and stuff. But the simple fact that it's all charming and you're lured in, and then your big sister gets killed, is pretty. It's a pretty solid punch of this isn't a kiddie, goofy game. It's got something to it some teeth to it i mean do keep in mind too it also has an opening cutscene where a bird shits on your character which there you go that is fable your sister dies <laughs> but a bird shits on you there you go um all right craig so do we have any nuggets for this yeah, like i i hate the fact that i always have more personal nuggets which sounds disgusting now that i've said personal nuggets <laughs> to me it is back to that recurring theme of, you know, sometimes there is something that's there that you just wrote off that turns out that because of circumstances, bad mood, because of the your feelings at the time, because you might have been tired, you wrote off. And if you have anything that you think, oh, my God, I didn't play, you know, like super 
monkey ball because that day I really hated monkeys because a monkey threw poo at me. How just went dare poo. you? You know what I mean? Like, go back and think yeah. about it. Reevaluate things that you get put off of because of stupid reasons. Because there's good shit out there that we haven't played. I am going to use your example for my nugget as well. And, I mean, you know, do it a little bit more succinct, I guess. Thank you. Um, sometimes state of mind is as important as state of play. I have had plenty of games where I play and I'm like, ugh, 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 ugh. And then five years later, it's like, dude, this is amazing. Yeah, I've had the same thing happen to me. Um, so that's not to say every game that you think is bad is secretly great. It's just, uh, okay, maybe revisit it in two or three years and find out. But yeah, um, all right. So next up, we have a game that Craig likes. Wait, what's it? What's next? Is it prototype or Kirby? Why the hell did you say that without knowing? Because I don't know either. I'm, I'm like scrambling right I now. I thought it, I thought it was prototype until I was like, wait a minute. Fable two prototype as prototype is two thousand nine. Okay. So next up, we have a game that Craig swears is better than Hulk Ultimate Destruction. I have an inkling that he is a filthy, filthy Peter Molyneux. Uh, and we're gonna play it and find out because I have this. This is actually a game I played for like you know an hour or two, went ugh, and didn't go back to. So next time we'll be talking about prototype, not not a prototype, but the game prototype. You know the game that makes Infamous look really bad by comparison because Infamous is poo. I like Infamous as well. I know you did. That's why I decided to push that <laughs> button. Uh, I do not like Infamous. I think it is poo. Anyway, we will not talk about Infamous. We will be talking about Prototype. And just because I am super excited to talk about it, after that comes one of my favorite games that makes people look at me weird when I say it, and that is Kirby's Epic Yarn. I think. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. Okay. Um, if you have not played either Prototype or Kirby's Epic Yarn... I guess you'll find out what we think. So join us next time when we talk about prototype. And if I say prototype one more time, the world the word will cease to have any meaning whatsoever. So instead, Craig, thank you for joining me on Fable 2, and I'm super happy you found a game that you're like, dude, I'm gonna play this. Prototype. Fuck. <laughs> it's just it's 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 like it just got grimoire viced out of my head. I just watched it disappear. Um Anyway, thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you next time on The Prototypical Prototype. <laughs>